Welcome to episode 412 of the Overlook Hour. I'm your host, Clark Little. Along with me, as always, is the man sitting across the table from me. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, he's wearing a beanie today. It is also the first day of spring. The second is false. It's Russell John the Fisherman. <laughs> hey, what up? What are you wearing a beanie for? Dude, it's the chair at my throne is loaded up with my headwear that I quit before doing the show. On the left side, I have the Scary Thoughts hat. I thought it was gone. Scary Thoughts? Oh, God. It just rolls off the I, tongue. Uh-huh. The, the Scariest 61st hat. Yeah. You would never know from the hat. Yeah. Unless you're Mike Keegan. Shout out to the old Alamo director out here. Or And on the right, I have my... Uh, my um, Trump. Oh God. Yeah, my, my MAGA hat. No, what the fuck? What year is it? I don't even know. Another, 2023. Another hole in the head. Beanie. It says the year? Yeah, the year's on there. No, it's his 17th annual. Doesn't oh, okay. say the year. Yeah, the 17th annual. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. What because, a year. AD. I, I like it because one of the programmers gave it to me for free. And I'm like, oh, I feel special now. Yeah, because you paid $90 for the hat on your left side. That is true. Now to my left side is a man, normally I have to throw it to Atlanta, Georgia, but he is here in our own home. It's Randy Michael Stapp. That's right. That's me uh, hanging out in California for the week and uh, happy to be here. It's weird. You're using filters online. You look a lot rougher in person. I know. I'm getting <laughs> old. And I shave my head too and you really see the, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the male pattern baldness a little bit going on. So I've always had a very like, Far back, yeah, sort of a hairline, but I think it is getting a little more receded. I don't know. I, it, it's fine though, Randy. I think your hairline looks the the way I've always remembered it. Russell, yeah, your thoughts? I think your insecurity showing because I think you pull it off. I think oh, you yeah. actually have a good shaped skull too. I don't mind it. Yeah. yeah. Well, regardless, <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't take away from the fact that it's happening. I think he's at least just recognizing. Yeah, it. but I don't know. I feel doesn't like doesn't mean he's insecure about it i don't know I, it looks good thanks yeah i don't know I, I i you know i was going to the barber for a little bit and then every once in a while i just say fuck it and i just shave my own head myself mm-hmm. and i save like you know 40 dollars a month or whatever so speaking of shaving your head did you uh check out the short that robbie put in the discord uh i i didn't but i have seen it previously i believe okay yeah because that's still up there if you want to see clark shave his own head Randy subscribes to Robbie's Patreon, so he's <laughs> he's got all the inside scoop. Why the fuck doesn't Robbie have a Patreon? What would he do? What would he do on it? Music, art, film. D- dude's talented. He's yeah, a but, renaissance man. Yeah, but he doesn't talk about conspiracy theories. Well, yeah, okay. I was going to say, hold on. What do you think people do on Patreon? Exactly. Because, <laughs> you know, now that Terrell's been venturing out into the, the blue tube community, some of those fools have Patreons, and it's like, what? People are paying you? Are we just going to power through Bluetube community? Oh, no. I've, I'm sorry. I've been making jokes about that for months now. So <laughs> I, I've heard you say it on the show previously, and I thought it was funny. but Dude, yeah. it is funny. The Bluetube. Oh, man. It's bleak. <laughs> it's a weird community. So the Blu-ray people. Yeah, Blu-ray. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, for context, yes. there are people who collect Blu-rays and have found a community online and are now content creators who talk about their Blu-rays. There's just not a lot of creativity in that space. Well, think about the execution of what we're doing. No, exactly. And yeah. Which is why it's funny to imagine that um, several of these entities have uh, Patreons. Because it's like, what are they making? They have... What, yes, are they, what the, do they do? 
I don't know. <laughs> I don't subscribe to him. Very interesting. I know. Yeah, it's weird. Well, you know, I you know I do like a uh, a cringy YouTuber. Um, you know my Canadian friend who does food reviews. <laughs> I've made you watch him. He's not that bad though. I've I have found some new people. What's his name? Give him a plug. Um, no, we're not gonna do that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, we'll do it. Ken Domic. I just remember him at Bucky's. I think it's uh. KD, KBD Productions, I think that's Whatever. what it goes okay, by. Enough of a plug. Um, no, uh, I found some new people. Okay, good. There's a lot of them out there. It's next level. Un- I think there's like 28 chromosomes between the two of them. <laughs> it's called Yankee in the South. <laughs> pull yeah, it up. No, I, how am I going to pull that up? We're going old school today. Randy's in the house. Right. Look at all the tabs. Randy, how does that make you feel as a software Anxious. man? Oh, shut the hell up. <laughs> it's Yankee, all research. Yankee in the South. Look it up. The, the, right the first there, one. Dude. Okay, that's not that much of a deep cut then, dude. Oh, man. Scroll down. Go to the one where they go to Crackle Barrel. <laughs> Is that this one? Yeah. Am I playing this with, like, volume? Look at these two hunks of snot. Do you want audio? I just want you to look at them. Okay. They look scary. <laughs> they look like they live in the hills. Can we get, can we get audio? Will it play through? Yeah, we'll play through. Here. Yankee in the South. <laughs> that is going to get yankeed from the episode, I guarantee. <laughs> how? What do you mean how? The editor's sitting right here. Randy's taking notes down. Cut everything. Oh, I thought you meant YouTube. Oh, no, no. I understand. Yankee in the South. What about Chicken in the Corn? You know that song? What? <laughs> Chicken in the Corn by Brushy One String. He's like this southern guy that plays a guitar that no. literally just has one string. No. And he has a song called Chicken in the Corn. It's great. It's actually a really awesome song. Uh, yeah. The uh, Scott Ackerman and Paul F. Tompkins and uh, Lauren Lapkus talked about it on a uh, Freedom episode a while ago. Pull it up. No, I'm not pulling up the song. The song's great. He has a uh, he has a tiny desk uh, for NPR. Yeah, not oh, what I thought you were going to say there. <laughs> I have a tiny dick. He just he just whipped out his tiny desk on NPR, dude. Yeah, he's a powerful looking black man. It would have been more shocking if it was about him <laughs> than Randy. Powerful looking. <laughs> God, you're doing too much Rogan, dude. What power? He owns the adjective now. The powerful. Yeah, well, he says that about everybody. That's what I'm saying. I know. You're good at conversating. No, I'm I'm trying to point out that he can't own the adjective. I'm okay. Fine, I'm barred. I'm not saying he's owning it. What I'm saying is that you're listening too much (laughs) and it's in your subconscious. That's all I'm saying. You know, I blame my um, Spotify because it forces it on me, and I'm like, no, stop, bro. That's why I'm third parties all the way. Nah, got my PC, bro. Rogan's guest dependent. Podcatcher. And I'm in a, a phase of my podcasting where I'm kind of over comedian, comedian talks now. Really? Yeah. I'm like, y'all shut the fuck up. You went in, you went in like, <laughs> I don't know, two months, month? No, it's longer than that. You it, went in pretty hard. Yeah, but I, it's Now been, that you're out on the other side, how do you feel? I don't know. Just kind of I don't know, sour on the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like if I need some like casual comedy shit, it's cool. But like. I don't know. They're all just talking about how they're rich now. I'm like, I don't care about that. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm glad you all got more money. The rest of the country here, we're in a recession. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, 
some people win. <laughs> We're gonna be mad at the winners. <laughs> True. That's all I'm saying. Well, I'm not mad. I just don't want to hear them talk about their cars. Get it. That's yeah. fair. Yeah, like, completely fair. I'm like, hey, congratulations. I like the shit you do. That's fair. Work on your stand-up specials because they are woeful. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a it's a tricky uh it's a tricky bit. All right. So we got uh we got no TBR. We got no, no we got nobody's emailing us, dude. We got Actually, no females. You know what's funny? Um Thomas texted me today and he was like, Hey, I heard that you're going to go blow by blow. That's really cool. Cause this is how much we contact each other throughout the week. Yeah. And he was like, Hey, as you watch them, just, uh, let me know, like, give me a little nudge because I'm working on a new part project and I need the Google drive space. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Thomas, I love you to death, dude. I mean, honestly, it's going to force me to start watching them like before the film fest, which it's fine. I'm I'm near being done with all of the work I need to do. So yeah. hopefully I can like breathe pretty soon. What are about a week and a half out? How you feeling? From the fest. Yeah, but I pretty good. I somehow ended up with a free weekend, mm-hmm. which turned into just working on the film fest. So that Great. helped. Yeah, that helped a lot. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Now, Randy, you've been absent from the film festival for uh, five years now. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> I mean, I've been there most years. Yes, you have. Yes, you have. Except for this one. Yeah, that's true. I will not be there. I will be in uh, Boise, Idaho, uh, hanging out with my nephew and my sister and her boyfriend and also going to Treefort Music Festival on occasion. Well, isn't that something? Because I'm going to be manning the UF6 booth at the Treefort Music Festival (laughs) the exact same time (laughs) as the event dude it's really cool i don't how do they get all the bands up in the trees at that festival uh they they don't (laughs) they're in uh classical venues or cafes or bars and stuff like that uh it's gonna be a good time chambers (laughs) you're listening to chamber music dude they did move the uh the main stage to a more tree filled area apparently i've heard so there are more tree filled area yeah, before the main stage was just kind of like right in downtown Boise, kind of just, you know, just concrete and buildings. Gross but, uh, buildings, yeah. They've moved it about a mile, and I think it's a little more uh, more tree-filled, as I just said. Let me ask you this. How, how crunchy is Boise? Uh, I, I don't know. I guess it's up there. I don't, you know, they also got the, like, thing where you could just, like, carry guns wherever, too, though, you know? So it's, like, it's a weird... But you also got like really progressive people there too. So it's a weird mix of things going on. Yeah. I feel like it's a more chill Portland. Yeah. I can see that. Mostly your thoughts. I think that. I know you're a big fan of Portlandia. (laughs) Yeah. I'm glad you cut me off there. I was going to go on a weird uh, both sides need to admit it's murder and move on. What are you, Chris Rock? I don't know. What? (laughs) His abortion bit. Oh, okay. No, but I do agree with him. I think he is correct. Of course. <laughs> say it's murder, yeah. <laughs> but I also think that, like, Republicans need to admit that they're walking, or you know, they buy guns in case they need to murder somebody. Yeah. Like, stop pretending. Yeah. Yeah. Like, just, sure. okay, just say it. Welcome to Boise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shocked. What a tag. Okay, you know, normally I come in here and I would talk about things like my fantastic adventure through the, the storm. To gather up my collection of ghost-faced soda toppers. Oh. But I was sure that you guys were going to come in here riding on your fucking ancient cinema horses <laughs> to talk about 
Oscar and his awards. And I'm now I'm starting to think you're not going to mention it at all. I want to be very clear. Yes, sir. I nor you have not said this at all. You have, <laughs> I know. You have done nothing. I'm aware. But for 24 hours, talk about the Oscars. Uh, yeah. I haven't said anything. But it's always through, a fight, but it's all like defensive. Are y'all going to talk about fucking Oscars? I'm so sick of it. We haven't said anything. I just, I, because I'm just having so much enjoyment of you just well, you spinning. I had to bring it up. It's, it's a great. decent assumption that we would bring it up. I feel. Was it boring? I didn't watch any of it. And I've only heard coverage a little bit. I'm going to tell you, it felt like it, it felt like the Oscars should fail. Long, okay. <laughs> yet Glorious. nothing very exciting happening. Okay, um, and it was it was uh, the theme of the night was just kind of you know being you know being you know kindness wins in a way because everything what? everywhere all at once won mm-hmm. everything everywhere all at once <laughs> yeah. I think it was nominated 11 times. It won seven out of the 11 awards. Um, Just dominated. You know what else dominated? All Quiet on the Western Front. Still haven't seen it. Crushed everything. Did you watch it, Clark? No. Uh, Here's a little insight. It looks great. It was on my list of movies to watch before the lookies. The the truly prestigious award. (laughs) And here's where I'm at with film. I turned it on and I went, oh, this movie looks incredible. And then I turned it off and I'm like, I'll watch it some other time. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm pretty much in the same space. I think I turned it on, but I, I the trailer looks great. It looks yeah. amazing. Yeah. I just, it would be great watching it down there. Uh, no, dude, it, all it was, it was a guaranteed, this is going to be an, uh, it's going to grab my attention. I'm going to sit here. I'm going to get lost in it. It's going to have a roller coaster of emotions. This is See you next week. And then I went, you know what? Not now. <laughs> and I turned it off. Yep. It was really weird. Yeah. And um, shout out to uh, the Oscar nomination because I realized the one thing that will come out of the Oscars is a physical release for a Netflix movie. Because that movie was released on Netflix, but it's getting a Blu-ray 4K treatment. Is it? Yeah, which never That's happens. Cool. You know, normally I have to beg Terrell to get me a stinky tuna. Occasionally, yeah, like Roma came out on Criterion. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's few and far between. I think The Irishman came out on Criterion yep. too. Yeah. yeah, usually the old stuffy, boring shit that y'all will watch. And- yeah. <laughs> I'm, dude, I'm too cynical now. When a movie is like, we're going to do classic cinema, I'm like, no, you're not. I'm yeah. not even going to watch you. What was that other one I gave you guys a bunch of shit about that? Like, I'm like, man, five years ago, I would have watched it. The Banshees of Inishirin. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Banshees is great. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. I just, I will I never watch it. Tardin wins shit. Yeah. Uh, well, that honestly makes me want to watch it more. Tardin win nada. All right. I just like to say, I'm sorry, Brian Lanano. Now, but <laughs> I know you were rooting for it. The, I think my biggest takeaway is that uh, two cast members from Encino Man fought. Both won Oscars. Yeah. Oh, I heard that. For yeah. different movies on the same night. Pretty cool. Pretty, yeah. I heard um, old Blackface's joke about it. What the fuck? What's his name? Kimmel? Yeah, Kimmel. Yeah. Where he was just like, uh, it's a terrible night for Polly Shore. <laughs> that was good. And I'm like, nah, not, now you said his name, so it's a good and, night again. And they cut to Brendan <laughs> Fraser, and you know what he went? What? He did. <laughs> oh my <laughs> He's, God. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? 
<laughs> the pulling the collar noise. <laughs> hey, oh buddy. God. Uh, what was I going to say? I don't know. No, we're going to talk, talk about uh, Jimmy Kimmel and blackface. <laughs> oh, no. It was something good. Uh, Brendan Fraser. No. Encino oh, Man? Oh, no. We were talking about Kimmel. Kimmel was talking about uh, Robert Blake. He made a Robert Blake joke. And he said, um, all right. So if everyone uh, can pull out their cell phones and uh, type in one if you would like to h- see Robert Blake in tonight's in memoriam, and two if no, and three hashtag give me a Blake, and uh, it was pretty good. Something it's like mean. That. I enjoyed it. That's what he does. He's mean, but he's not at the same time. He's a he's whack. He's like when when he'll say like a joke. He's like, <laughs> forgive me. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know, I've never been a huge Kimmel fan. No. Yeah. But it's also... He's kind of been okay, which is honestly the worst thing you can be. He's just, he does the job. I don't hate him. Yeah, but he's cashing them checks. Yeah, for sure. He has been for a long time. Like Fallon, I find annoying as fuck and unprofessional. Unprofessional? Well, Fallon's got a whole rap about him. Album? Yes. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't Big put rapper. it past him. Well, rumor rumor is, uh, allegedly, uh, Fallon's a little bit of a... Yeah, you told me that. Bit of a drunk. Big sound? Dude. Hell yeah. You can watch him in some interviews. He is glossy-eyed. He's always laughing. Yeah. He was always laughing in his own shit. Yeah, I don't like him. He could never, he could never hold character. I'm a Conan O'Brien fan. Oh, who isn't? There you go. If I was listening to Too Much Rogan, I would have called him Conan. Why does he always call him Conan? Because Rogan is a meathead. He's a mongoloid? Yes. CTE. That's why. Oh, CTE. Now you're you're summoning my boy, Brendan. Also, if I have to... I can't... I don't know. I... Right now, I'm seeing too much about Rogan and the pyramids right now. Every time I get on Instagram. That's your own fault. It's nonstop. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> okay, so there were no takeaways. Also, in a text conversation, we, we had just went over four takeaways. Well, the thing is, um, yeah, but it's all like Kimmel and shit. I mean, I no- got I got two that I was kind of surprised by that I that I enjoyed. I you know I don't love everything everywhere all at once, but I think it's a good movie, and I'm like I can't be mad about any of those really. Yeah, because it's like a cool story. I um, agree. But the the two that I I was kind of surprised by was uh Natu Natu uh from RRR winning for best song great song great use of that song in the movie mm-hmm. um and Women Talking for adapted screenplay um very dark movie um but I, I really enjoyed that and I did not see uh Sarah Polly winning for that I just assumed that someone else would because I assumed a lot of people probably didn't see that movie but uh yeah I, I really dug it I don't know, man. I think they're, will they ever get it right? What is right? You know what I mean? Yeah. But I think that, you know, the Sarah Polly thing, that was a surprise. Yeah, for and, sure. And uh, I think it's a welcome surprise. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, yep. that was a big surprise. Now, <laughs> pretty divided <laughs> on how that surprise went uh, because uh, Angela Bassett did not win. Um, so there's uh, quite a debate there. 
Uh, but Russell, uh, Jamie Lee did call you out specifically mm-hmm. when she won her Oscar. She told me she would. She did. <laughs> And I, I told her I probably still won't tune in. But it was also, it was like kind of, did you hear it? Because it was a little, no, mo- it was a little like mangled how it no, happened. No, she's kind of a, she's kind of a wild one. Yeah. What you mean? Just, I, I talked about it briefly on here. Her whole like beef with the Rob Zombie Halloween girls, who I won't name because it won't mean anything to you, but they, yeah. they went to meet her and she was like, I don't watch horror movies. <laughs> and like broke their heart. Yeah, she's. Just a cold old Hollywood woman. Well, last night she painted herself as uh, a slave to the uh, uh, genre. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Like, help me, let me out. Basically, she was like, "I've been doing genre movies for so long, and uh, for the she she lit she said hundreds and thousands. I'm like, bitch, it's millions of people that are horror fans. Weird. <laughs> yeah, it was a little weird." Uh, yeah. But this is for you. Yeah, I, I'm kind of shocked y'all didn't like uh, Anywhere, Everywhere, Up There, Backwards more. That, that, I thought that was like a five-star movie. No. Even though I just kind of made fun of its name. No, let me be cool. I, it's a great movie. Yeah. But it came early in the year, right? Yeah. It's been out a long time. And even when we saw it, and it was a great, great experience. It was one. It was a singular experience for me. Oh, you mean you? I'm not saying I. I I just because it was so much. It is a sensory overload, and I just I haven't had that desire to go back to it, just because I enjoyed it as the singular experience it was, and it kind it went on my back radar because a it did not get off the back radar of the popular culture. Fine, for good reason. But, you know, it's just like, hey, that's being taken care of. I don't have to. Part of my reason for me liking things um, and watching movies is to to parade them. That's why we have this show, so we can do that and, yeah. and prop up the things that we want to prop up. There was no need to prop up uh, this giant, massive movie um, that deserved all the success that it got. Um, so that that's just kind of, I was cheering from, you know, not even the sidelines, because the sidelines were fucking full. Like, yeah, I, it's a great movie, but like, yeah, I know, agree, and I kind of feel the, the same cabin. way. Uh, I just I remember that movie being a perfect mesh of art and market, and it's kind of the it's, perfect. It's is really fucking smart, but I mean, it's it, really smart. If you, you want to look at the Oscars, they're kind of like celebrating a fucking a marketplace. Like, you know, you could have a award ceremony for a clothing store like, oh, Target, Kmart. And it would be the same thing because it's just a product you're selling. Yeah. So I feel like when you can work in actual like interesting art, but still make it really profitable. I mean, okay, that's perfect. And I do really like that movie. I mean, fuck, I was at a baby shower where a dude started uh, tearing up, telling me about how it captured his experiences like a first generation born American. Sure. And, and I'm like, I get it, which is why I mentioned in that group chat that I wasn't joking about NPR where they were kind yeah. of hinting that it was like a tokenization of Asian culture. Like, well, we've made mistakes for so long that of course we had to give them the award. And I'm just yeah. like, y'all motherfuckers. Yeah. Like do not take that from them. Cause I felt like that movie actually earned it. Yeah. Sure. Uh, I mean, it does like, 
affect my judgment a little bit that I hadn't seen probably any of the other fucking movies nominated. Like, I really don't think I have. But whatever. I don't know. Again, you are yeah. correct. I kind of baited this conversation, and I I didn't even watch the fucking thing. Yeah, you didn't even watch uh, well, you you know, know, Triangle of Sadness. I feel, I and people keep telling me to watch it. I'm like, I will, but like. You won't. The conversation, it's already moved on. So I don't want to be that guy and be like, you know what I watched last night? Blade Runner 2020. or What the hell is that? <laughs> 2049. Called? Yeah, which is why I still haven't watched that movie. It's pretty good. I That was a $13 nap. Oh, really? You didn't like it? I fell asleep. Hard. And never revisited it? I snored <laughs> and farted. All right. And shat and spat. A- anyway, Randy's here. We're lazy. Or I am. I, I had an opportunity set up the fucking thing, and I was like, oh, we don't need a soundboard. We have, we're not doing a production. Nah. We're doing dress down. That's why I'm drinking a fucking bubbly water right now. I was very flavored. I don't care what flavor they are. As long as there's bubbles in it and, and no, uh, no sugar or fake sugar. No sugar tonight in my coffee. And, uh, I had a backup beer in case y'all were going to a BB. I had a, I had a bit ready in case you guys brought up the Oscars and then I did, (laughs) (laughs) but whatever, you know, I did realize we do have a segment. It is female bag as I made a note last week when we got it. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and read a message that I got from Scott Frizzell, oh. former guest, who, uh, <laughs> he, again, he DM'd this to me. So it might be, you know, I'm, fuck it. I think he meant to say to tell you, but he said to tell Russell. So I'm just going to address that up top. Okay. He said, tell Russell. Uh, he jipped me an L. Scott, two L's, please, next time. Which, you know, I don't hold it against anybody because one of my favorite artists, Robbie Smith, who was mentioned twice on the show, always spells my name wrong in a different way. (laughs) Fisher with the C, like the traditional German. Yeah. But then he'll get the two L's or then it will be one. I don't even care. Like, fuck it. What's the name anyway? I'm not restricted by letters. Anyway, (laughs) Scott Frizzell DM'd. Tell Russell for me that Tulsa King is actually the continuing story of Rocky Balboa. He actually never recovered from his knockout by Clubber Lang in Rocky Three. He's been a vegetable in a wheelchair ever since. Tulsa King is his fantasy of having moved up through the ranks of the mob family he worked for in the beginning of the first Rocky film. I buy it. Thank you, Scott. That is exactly the kind of shit I love to hear. Let's, uh, you know, postmodernism. Take the art away from the artist and uh, let's recontextualize it. And Tulsa King season two coming soon. I don't remember Rocky getting fucked up by Clubber Lang, though, which really worried me. <laughs> Randy? <laughs> you did? I don't know anything about Rocky lore. I think I've seen the first one, but it's been forever. Dude, do you watch Creed? I haven't seen any of the Creeds, but I thought about seeing three because Jonathan Majors is in it. I heard there's a little bit of pushback from Creed three because Rocky's just not in it and they don't talk about it. I've heard that, too. But yeah, I don't. Yeah, weird. I don't know why. Uh, th- They kind of moved on from that with two. It's fine because... Also, Creed 2 sucked. Oh, really? Uh, Creed 2 was not good. Creed 1, solid. Creed 1 was really good. I, I should watch Creed 3. Um, How did they fuck up 2? 2 two was... Uh, now, from a franchise expert, which is what I am, it's on my resume, normally in the sequel, it's just the first one again, but ramped up in every way. Here's why 2 sucked. 1, it was far too long. Uh, okay. I think it was like two and a half hours. But oh. Creed 2... Is Rocky Four Part Two? 
Mm, because mm. it is the son okay. of both fighters. Drago? Fighting. Yes. So here's the thing. They got trapped in requel territory. It's okay. just not interesting. See, my verbiage is uh, fucking, I'm right on it right now. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm coming out of the scream train. So I'm ready to talk franchise right. on yeah. the screen drink. <laughs> but the Jonathan Majors thing is interesting. I've heard nothing but good things about this one. And also it's it's just it's just under two hours. And uh man, you said it. If Jonathan Majors shows up, he's gonna bring it, dude. Yep. So, so uh, I haven't seen uh Ant Man Quantumania, but he's in that as well. Quantumania? Uh, yeah, I can't. <laughs> yeah. I can't. I can't. I just I can't do Dude, it. Dude, I was making so many Ant Man jokes a week ago for no I I don't know how. I don't know how. But I got a rap for hating Marvel movies. I'm like, I don't fucking hate them. I'm just, you know, I'm not interested. It's like when I try to shill a horror movie to people who don't give a fuck about horror. It's yeah. just that. I'm like, I'm sure it's great. But I'm 20 movies behind at this point. <laughs> not to mention 15 TV shows. So I can't really get into it. I was making jokes about like time traveling through the universe's cloaca or something in the new Ant-Man. <laughs> people were not digging it. Cloaca. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Randy Michael Stamp. Yes, sir. When did you when did you get into town? Uh, about eleven a.m. on Saturday. Did you see any motion pictures on the flight? Tell you what, I plan. I had planned to. I downloaded something on my computer and something on my iPhone. But about fifteen minutes before boarding, felt a little bit of a headache coming oh on. And, and then you it threw up immediately. I didn't. I actually did not puke, but uh, it, it tended to grow uh, as the flight went on. And so I felt terrible pretty much most of the flight. And the uh, plane was like very hot for the first like hour. Oh, God. And then I, I think people were complaining. And then the flight attendants were like, okay, the air conditioning's on. It should be better. Oof. And then like the last hour full and a half of the flight, I was freezing. Uh, pretty full <laughs> flight. Yeah. What seat were you? 22C, something like that. I always go aisle. Aisle's okay. my thing because I have to pee all the time. But yeah, I, I didn't watch anything on the plane. Uh, I, I downloaded a movie called Unicorn Wars. What the oh, hell what? is that? How did you get it? It's on VOD. Oh, it's on VOD already. Yeah, okay. so I rented it for like six bucks and I downloaded it and then I uh, started it and then I didn't finish it. And so now I haven't seen it and it, my expiration date is over. Oh, did you see Bird Boy? I did, yeah. That's the only reason why I uh, downloaded it. Ah, because, yeah, this. I saw Bird Boy at Roxy, and I saw Unicorn Wars was playing at Roxy, because I was viewing the calendar to see if anything oh, uh, was going to be playing while I was out here. Um, but, yeah, I, I really liked his, like, sort of animation style, and it's, like, a Spanish or Mexican uh, director, so it's got kind of, like, a darkness and, like, a deep sort of, like, mythology and stuff. I watched the first like 30 minutes of Unicorn Wars. Um, I didn't like it as much aesthetically, just like the so there's like a war between unicorns and like teddy bears, essentially. And like I didn't like the characters as much as like the bird boy uh character. Um but yeah, I don't know. It's it's there's definitely some like psychedelic stuff in it too. Um I think I went I turned it off right after there was like a uh, a drug trip scene that was like actually pretty good. <laughs> Well, I mean, this looks like it's going to definitely lean into the tropes of like, these aren't your children's cartoons. Yeah, it's definitely an adult animation thing. I think Bird Boy was kind of dark, but it's probably like uh, it's probably like the Guillermo del Toro Pinocchio where it's like kids could watch it, but it might be a little dark. You might have to like 
explain some things or talk about some things with them. Yeah, I think Bird Boy, it was kind of like a slice of life kind of film. Like, yeah. So it had kind of like an indie arc to it where this one looks like it's just straight up going to be a juxtaposition between uh, like real life political warfare and yeah. cartoon. Yeah. It seems that way so far. Yeah. I, you know, honestly, when I first looked at it, it looked like happy tree friends to me. And I know oh. Oksana used to watch that. So I was like, Oh shit, we're going to have to check this thing out. But yeah, we, I just learned about this last night. I was talking to, um, oh, nice. Spataro, and he told okay. me about it. Yeah. Cool. I, I didn't realize it was out yet though. I'm into it. Yeah. Yeah. It's on VOD. You could buy or rent it. And then, yeah, it's playing Roxy. I think like all this week. Um, on and off. Oh shit! Tight. What's well, so this dirty cartoon? <laughs> it, it, it's, yeah, it's it's pretty pretty adult so dude, far. Fucking Fritz the cat, dude. No, you know the last dirty car, good dirty cartoon. Oh my god, Bebe's kid. Do you know how son? You know how gross I feel hearing you say dirty <laughs> cartoon. That feels like vintage porn or something. Yeah, like dirty that. cartoon. They all watching a dirty cartoon. It's like oh, it's so gross, dude. Dude, I thin out my mustache. Yeah. Pencil thin. <laughs> I don't like that. Like dirty cartoons. Get that out of your vocabulary. Dirty cartoons. <laughs> Ew. But besides dirty cartoons, <laughs> I watched a uh, a movie. So I started it last night. I'm I'm spending the night, well, spending most of the week at my parents' house in Pleasanton, and they uh they got some of the like Showtime and stuff. They have like you know an actual cable box, and uh, they got a what DVR system. So I saw last night around like nine thirty that Breaking was playing. Uh, which came out last year and it has a uh, John Be- John Boyega uh-huh. in it, um, and I started the first like ten minutes and then I got sleepy, um, so I hit record, uh, I JGL'd it and then I watched the rest this morning. Um, so basically, it's it's based on a true story. John Boyega plays uh, Brian Easley, and his character is a uh, I think a Marine veteran. Uh, so he came back and uh, essentially he got kind of fucked by the VA. Um, I guess there was sort of like a like a fraud thing, like someone like took his checks or got their his checks in uh, into someone else's bank account. So he went to the VA like a bunch of times to try to like make it right and try to get his money that he uh, you know was owed from the VA. He has like a disability. Um, They don't really go into like what the disability is, but I'm assuming it's like PTSD or something. And uh, essentially, he was never able to get uh, anyone in in the VA to like make it right. So he goes to a bank uh, with a bomb in Marietta, Georgia, right outside of Atlanta. And he essentially lets like everyone that's in the store besides two of the employees go. And then he basically like says like, Hey, I got a bomb. And um, if uh, I'm not able to get my demands and get in contact with the VA and for someone to make this right, then I'm going to blow myself up and the rest of this, this building. Hell yeah. A tale um, as old as time. The yeah. VA fucking over vets. <laughs> exactly. And this is also the, uh, I think the, the last Michael K. Williams movie. Uh, so he plays one of the cops that gets involved um, later in the movie who, when they're trying to uh, sort of, you know, talk to him and kind of like deescalate the situation and kind of like, you know, get the hostages out. And then, uh, you know, it's a it's true life story, and uh, it was in the news. I think it happened in, like, 2017. So, uh, essentially, one of the police, uh, you know, snipers or whatever that was outside while uh, Michael K. Williams' character was trying to, like, work out a deal or, like, try to talk to him. Because he was, like, talking to him for a little bit, like, over the phone or whatever. And they kind of, like, 
you know, realized that they were both veterans and uh, kind of had like, you know, a little bit in common. And uh, Michael K. Williams wanted to try to do as much as possible to get him out of there alive. And then some trigger happy sniper uh, shot him and killed him before the, they even let the uh, hostages out. So that was like not ideal. People were like freaking out about that because they were supposed to let the hostages out before they, they did anything. But um, yeah, it's a very depressing movie because uh, yeah, as you, as I just said, he, they, you know, shoot him. And um, at the end, you know, you see the one like little like uh, headline or whatever after it fades to black and it basically just says that like his family has not been paid or contacted by the VA still to this day. So dark <laughs> movie, but um, John Boyega is really in it. Honestly, if I didn't know he was in it, I may not have like recognized him in it. Um, he's playing like quite a different character than like, you know, obviously his Finn character in Star Wars uh, or other things that I've seen him in. Attack the block. Uh, yeah, I mean, he was rather young in Attack the Block, and I haven't seen that in forever, but he, he's really solid, and Michael K. Williams is, is, was great, as always. Um, so yeah, it was, a you know, it's like a solid three, three and a half, something like that, but yeah, it's just, you know, it's kind of a, kind of depressing story. Well, Randy sounds like three and a quarter. Yeah, probably something like that, three and a quarter. Weird. You know, that's the, the power of narrative, though, because I could see a reverse movie to that, where you have like a, it's almost like an up and coming <laughs> sniper who's you know he's a little quick with the trigger but he's an altruist and he's a family man and then there's this guy with hostages and a bomb and he sees an opportunity he takes it and it's like and you could make him a hero but i mean how so is he like villainized in that movie the sniper uh sort of yeah it's it's pretty quick like towards the last like 10 minutes um i will say john boyega the you know i don't know how much they know from the actual guy yeah or from what actually happened But uh, as he's, like, you know, taking them hostage, he's really, like, being as kind as he can. I get it, yeah. In the situation to the people, because he's, like, essentially, like, this is not about you, because they offer him, like, money from the bank. And he's, like, this is not about that. Like, I don't want your money. I want the VA to fix what they, like, you know, to fix the situation and to, like, give me the payments or whatever. Um, so there's, like, a couple moments where, like, he, you know, gets pretty angry and, like, screams at them or whatever. But he's, like, very, like, calm and, like, rather nice to them, but obviously they feel threatened as well at the same time. So it's kind of like an interesting, like, I don't know, just portrayal of like that situation. All right. Here's a better ending. (laughs) Here we go. We're looking down the, uh, the scope of the sniper and he's, he's got a shot and you're like, dude, don't take it. He's a good guy. And then he, he moves down a little bit and shoots the bomb and it blows up. (laughs) And now when you were talking, I was trying to be like, how can I relate to this? Cause I've never worked with the VA. But so I was like, what's a government branch that I have worked a lot with? Like a front facing store, kind of like poor reception. I'm like, ah, oh, the DMV. And I'm like, what if yeah. a dude was taking the employees at the DMV hostage? And that's where I came up with that ending. Go ahead, email the writers <laughs> right now. Tell them I fix their movie. <laughs> tell, tell them to fix reality. Yeah. <laughs> no, dude, since COVID, DMV's tight. Really? They got this shit figured out now. Why? What do they do? It was great. It's streamlined. It's online? No, but it's streamlined. <laughs> okay. It's much quicker now. It's I better. Just, I can't imagine. It's more organized. You get text on your phone. Oh, they're, the people there are smiling. They've they're... joined uh, the modern day. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, yeah. Uh, okay. I, you know, I'll rewrite my ending with that. Highly thing. recommend the DMV. <laughs> Four and a half stars. Because there's always room for improvement with public goods. Am I right? This is true. Randy Michael, what else? 
Yeah, so uh, while I was out here today before coming here, I uh, was able to go to the Alamo Draft House new mission in the mission, uh, which was great. I've been in a, well, I guess X was probably the last thing I saw with you guys before of uh, last year. Going to give it to you. Um, so yeah, good to be back. You know, one of the smaller theaters, but I went and saw the movie Return to Soul, directed by Davy Chow. Uh, t- it's like, you know, one of those cusp of like 2022, 2023 movies. It made a lot of lists last year, but now it's like finally out for us civilians to see. Um, and yeah, essentially it is a, a return to Seoul is S-E-O-U-L, like South Korea. So the, Thank you, Randy. the uh, main character's name uh, is Freddie, played by Park Ji-min. This is her, apparently her first role in anything. Um, and she, her character... She's Korean, but she speaks French and she grew up in France and doesn't really have much of a, uh, much of an idea as to like, you know, sort of like where she technically came from. Um, so she goes to, I think she's like 25 and she eventually plans a trip to South Korea to kind of like, you know, figure out, uh, so essentially she was adopted and that's why she grew up in France. Uh, her parents you know, gave her up when she was a baby and uh, she got taken in from some really nice French couple. And then she, so she, you know, really identifies as a, uh, a French person, but she's, that's unfortunate. Am I right? <laughs> USA. But Weird. she, uh, she, yeah, she goes to, to Seoul, South Korea and stays with like a, uh, a couple that speaks both French and uh, Korean. Fancy. And they kind of like take her out uh, the first night that she gets in and they get very drunk on soju and they're just hanging out at like this bar and she, uh, Freddie, the main character, she's very like charismatic. She starts bringing in like other people that are in the bar or restaurant that they're in and kind of just like gets them all together around a table and like all like get drunk together. Um, so she's kind of like wild and you're not sure like why she's there yet. Um, but you know, you're like, I don't know if she just on there on vacation there or what's going on, but uh, you slowly figure out that she's there to kind of figure out uh, who her parents are and maybe try to connect with them uh, if possible. And uh, yeah, so it's kind of like her journey through, you know, South Korea and her like identity. And she it's kind of a little like meandering and kind of like, like I said, she, uh, you know, in a couple points, like gets like pretty drunk and like just kind of does like not crazy things, but things that like, you know, are a little, uh, I don't like on the edge of what, whatever she's trying to do. Um, like blow a stranger. <laughs> she does have sex with, uh, someone early on and she's not sure they wake up in the same bed together. And she's like, did we have sex? Uh, but she can't really speak to him cause he speaks Korean and she speaks English and French. Uh, but then she's like, can we do it again? Because, uh, I don't remember, remember it. So yeah, she gets there and, uh, yeah, Same. hooks up, gets drunk. And then, uh, yeah, she goes around and kind of like tries to figure out, uh, yeah, sort of like where she came from and kind of like figures out a little bit of like the, uh, so actually in that, in that, uh, bar scene when they're all drinking soju, she kind of, um, she, she picks up the soju to like pour herself another cup. And one of the people is like, you don't do that in South Korea because if you do that, it's kind of like insulting to who you're partying with or who you're with because it's like saying that like they're not taking care of you and that like you have to pour it yourself. But she's like, someone else has to pour it for you. Um, and then she just like takes it and pours it for herself. So it's just kind of like this weird, like, uh, you know, sort of cognitive dissonance between what she knows in France and what, uh, she's kind of like experiencing in South Korea. But 
Yeah, it's kind of melancholy. She's like definitely a very uh, sort of a sad character, but she also has a very lively side to her. Um, she she's really good. I don't like I said. I don't think she's been in anything from what I've heard and what I can t- see on Letterboxd. Um, but she's she's really great. Um, and the movie it's it's like I think it's just under two hours. I think it's like a hundred nineteen minutes. Um, so just there on the on the two hour. But uh, yeah, it's it's um deliberately paced in the way that I like. Like there's a lot of like good cinematography and like I said, her character is like pretty relatable and interesting. Um, yeah, it's a really good, just like kind of slow Korean, uh, drama, but I, I really dug it. And I had, a uh, two beers during it and a large bowl of popcorn. So, you know, <laughs> can, uh, can't beat that. What kind of popcorn? Just the normal popcorn That's with butter. Right. Okay. I, yeah, can't, I can't do the sweet popcorn for that much. Like, you know, I could, I could eat a huge bowl of regular popcorn, but I could only do like a small amount of the, of the sweet. Randizzi. Do the mix. Do yeah. the mix. Mix it up. That's true. What you got to do? You got to cut it. That's, that's how you do it. How many stars? I'm going four. Oh, mama mia. It's a near perfect movie. Nah. <laughs> it's good though. Very solid. She's really good. Anything else, Randy Michael? Uh, no, that's it. When you were talking about a young woman being liberated and asking for a second helping of sex, <laughs> I it sparked in my mind this movie that I saw <laughs> a trailer for at the Alamo called Slut in a Good Way. Yeah, it, I never saw that, but okay. the trailer looked kind of fun. I just was like, what the fuck are we doing? I like, think that was a French film, too, actually. I was, Yeah, it was, and that's why... The I, French fuck well the thing was it felt to me like a clickbait article like i'm like why do i feel like part of this movie is gonna like tease at nudity and then none of it will have it or like she's it's gonna be like comedic and how she doesn't sleep with anybody but i even think the trailer kind of like laid that to rest no pun intended (laughs) thank you so much now ladies and gentlemen long before idris elba was being chased by CG lions <laughs> in the CG jungle. Idris Elba was being chased by hoodlums in London, England, as the character DCI Luther. In Luther, which was a show in England. Now they made a movie. Have I seen the show? No. (laughs) Did I watch his new movie? Yes. Here's why I did that. Here's what you need to know about Luther. Luther is 100%... That bitch. Thank you so much. It's the black version of Sherlock. (laughs) Okay. So the BBC version of Sherlock... This is with a cool black guy kicking ass. Hell yeah. Instead of a, a ticky fucking autistic uh, cumberbatch uh, <laughs> with a drug problem and uh, a sidekick. <laughs> because cool black guy doesn't need a sidekick. It's he, true. He doesn't need a Watson. All right. He's both of them. I heard they can't walk into a bank without Robin, though. That's pretty good. Thank you so much. It was inappropriate. But also, I wanted to say, before you used the word up already, I was like, oh, black people have autism too? (laughs) Black shirt. Dude, Sherlock is autistic. 
like hardcore. No, a hundred percent. Yeah. 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 No, what I mean by this, and here's what I mean. I, the, what I mean is the show because the show Sherlock is beyond Sherlock. ridiculous, yeah, yeah. but it's fucking fun. Yeah, for sure. It's the same thing with Luther. Let me, I'm going to read you the tagline of this movie, uh, which is Luthen the fallen son. S U N. Okay. Thank you so much. Brilliant but disgraced detective John Luther breaks out of prison to hunt down a sadistic serial killer who is terrorizing London. <laughs> That's right. John Luther's on the case. There's a serial killer. He's trying to find the serial killer. But guess what? The serial killer knows that John Luther's looking for him. Do you know who the serial killer is? Jack the Ripper. Andy Serkis plays the Hell serial yeah. killer. He is the most over the top ridiculous <laughs> this movie Andy Serk without hesitation I am saying this sentence he plays the most evil person I have seen <laughs> in a movie more evil than Golem any bad thing that you can do this guy's done and is doing heroin it's unbelievable <laughs> that like this it's like he's the most powerful criminal ever this guy it's insane this movie um, also, I think he kills half the world. It's crazy <laughs> how many people he is. All right, so we'll get into that. Uh, by the way, be prepared. I'm spoiling everything because that's why, that's why I d this my service to you. I go through the muck and I give you the gold. I don't know. You made it sound kind of good, though. It gets way better. I, I want to be very clear. I had a hell of a time watching <laughs> Luther, the fallen son. So Luther goes out there. He's trying to find the serial killer. Here's the thing about the serial killer. <sighs> All right. He's running a scam. Essentially, he is pulling up dirt on a lot of people. He essentially has a... Um, Shovel. A calling center <laughs> devoted to finding dirt on people and using them as blackmail. And then if they don't, and then on their way to delivering whatever he wants them to deliver, he kills them because that's what he does. Okay. Also, he's wearing the worst wig you've ever seen in your life. Um, also, it doesn't go into it specifically, but he's very clearly closetedly gay. And he huh. talks about being closetedly gay, but that's it. There's no, nothing comes out of that. But we, and we don't know why he's closeted. Because he's a very wealthy man. He can do whatever he wants to do. Um, and he killed his... He tried to kill his wife. He burned her alive. Uh, we see her in Act 2. Uh, she's a very important uh, figure. But anyway, so Luther's trying to track down this serial killer. Well, the serial killer, Randy, he knows that Luther's after him. And he's like... So he calls his, he calls his guy who does the dirty work. He's like, I need this motherfucker in jail. And so this is where the backstory comes in. Luther, he's a hard cop in, in, in London, England. He's got to do what he's got to do. And sure. sometimes he's, he's going on the outer reaches of the law to get his job done. Well, they were able to dig up all this dirt, and they put him in prison. So now it's a prison movie, Russell Fisher. <laughs> so now I'm very excited. But the serial killer, he's already there. Guess what happens? He sends him a message on his radio that he has in his his jail. He sent him this he sent him the clip of the kid dying and he's like, Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm going and then Luther's like, I gotta get out of this jail. <laughs> and so then he plans his escape. 
Well, there's a there's a giant riot in the prison. Uh, Luther had uh, managed to work out a transfer that night, and then lo and behold, don't you know? But the transfer got knocked off too. So now <laughs> Luther's out in the run. So he's trying to get this thing done. Can I ask a question? Yes, you can. What's his relationship to the police? Like Sherlock was kind of like a private eye. Oh, kind Luther's of, a detective. Like hot like DCI. Okay. Okay. So a he's homicide actually, detective. Yeah, he's actually employed by them. Correct. So well, he to, was until he went to prison, okay. and then, but now he's working independently. And so he was working in conjunction with the existing um, investigation oh. while being on the r- lamb at the same time. Weird. So it's a cop drama, but it's more Sherlock? Again, the reason why I use Sherlock is be, just because the, the model of the no, show. I, no, I get it. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But because he's like, and, you know, I mean, every time there's like a cop drama, it's usually kind of procedural driven, but this seems almost more like Marvel. Um, it looks like a fucking Marvel it, movie from this trailer. Well, well, here's the thing. It goes very at, at its core. It's procedural. Okay. But boy, do they tack on a bunch of stuff. And again, Andy Serkis's character <laughs> is just so unbelievably evil, <laughs> evil in the way that I complain about. So finally, the reveal is, is that he is running a red room. Oh, tight. One of my favorite comics. Shout out. Uh, you should know I have almost, I immediately after watching this, I almost bought those. Oh, okay. you had them all. I only, I have the first graphic novel. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he's got like three. I think you get put on a list where people blackmail you for buying it. <laughs> I was too, buying so. one on Amazon. So take it up with Bezos. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he's running a red room. Now, uh, for those of uh, our listeners, Russell, clue in our listeners what a red room is. Red room. <laughs> red room. Red room. <laughs> or red, red room. Very nice. Um, I don't know. <laughs> well, is it, So that comic that I'm reading is really the only, um, I guess, indicator of what that might be. I didn't know it was like an industry term. It's a, yeah. But in that, it's kind of like a dark web room where you torture people for uh, Bitcoin. <laughs> Correct. Okay, cool. Yep. Yeah. That's a hundred percent what it is. It's like a live stream. Yep. Um, and of course, you know, uh, if you can imagine a line of dialogue, red rooms don't exist. Oh yeah. (laughs) This one does. (laughs) Good stuff. Good stuff. Oh, do So do we venture into horror territory here? Um, nothing. There's no real gore and it's all, we, it's all very, well, I see a scarred up we face, touch. people on fire, and then somebody with like CG a scary fire. mask. Yeah, yeah, I know. Oh, there's a lot of CG fire. It didn't look that bad. The scarred up face is uh, that that was his wife, um, who is very mean to. <laughs> <laughs> he's very mean to a lot of people. Oh, he's mean to her. He's mean to her. Yeah, because he tried to kill her, and he blackmails everybody. He just has the world in his pocket. There's nothing he can't do. Oh, I thought you were talking about Luther. No, no, no. <laughs> like, what do you do? Leave his gun in the restaurant? No. Um, and honestly, you know, um, he has played this character maybe longer than any other character he's played. Um, maybe longer than uh, Stringer Bell. Okay. Because, yeah. uh, I don't know. Well, you know, in, in England, they got like, you know, three episodes and uh, it's a series, mate. Yeah, and, and then they fucking you know fuck off for six months on you know, <laughs> holiday. They do it right, <laughs> but anyway, true. Um, 
yeah, man, two hours and ten minutes. It's long, but it moves. And Andy Circus is watch it for Andy Circus. He's having fun. He is. He is just. He's living. He is living it up. Well, after filming that movie, I heard they started calling him Andy Three Ring Circus. <laughs> All right. Now you know what else I saw. What's that? Now. A dirty cartoon. <laughs> you know, on this show, we, 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 we venture into interesting territories sometimes. And yeah, we talk I do, about definitely, things. every week. You, you drag us down, you get us banned <laughs> on YouTube. Um, Randy Michael, I know you remember several years ago, there was a plane that left Malaysia. Sure. And it was supposed to go to Beijing, China. Okay, yeah. And it did, <laughs> and it did not land in Beijing, China. <sighs> Dude, this is why Randy loves Final Destination. He was going to get on that plane. I also watched Plane featuring, uh, what's his name? <laughs> Gerard Butler. Gerard Butler. Yeah. Well, back I to- can't believe yada, 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 my Final Destination entry. We could have changed your lore on Wikipedia, Randy. <laughs> that was your one opportunity. Also, Randy, we're going to do a Devon Sawa Film Festival and call it Sawa Bunga. Your thoughts? <laughs> I'm down. Thank you so much. Now, again, Randy, this plane. Leaving Malaysia, going to Beijing. Never went there. Beijing's lovely this time of year as well. Uh, MH370, The Plane That Disappeared. This is on Netflix. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we talk about this all the time. I talk about this all the time. (laughs) That uh, I think that the documentary programming on uh, Netflix's streaming application uh, leaves much to be desired these days. Uh, I, I, I just think that it is, I don't like the direction that documentaries are going these days. Um, I think it's, it's over, uh, inflated and everything is stretched, is stretched out to either fit some sort of binging model, um, that we, we gotta, we gotta fill X amount of episodes. Can we stretch it out? Can you make it a series? Yada, yada, yada. Well, with this one, I was hesitant to watch it because uh, first things I'll tell you this is that Netflix fucked up um, and didn't get the run times correct on any of the episodes. Oh, what? Because it shows up as all three episodes are an hour and a half a piece. And when I saw that, I said, fuck you. Okay. I'm not watching three movies for this. What is this? Stranger things. And then I turn on the first one. It was like 58 minutes. I'm like, Oh, well then. Okay, fine. The the whole thing is under three hours. Um, it honestly, IMDB says four and a half. That's not, that's not correct. Cause that's off the hour and a half thing that definitely, these episodes are not an hour and a half. Weird. That's wrong. You know, IMDB, Acting as the arbiter of truth for all podcasts and everybody ever who's done minimal research, they're not very good. Yeah. They got a lot of like little wonky errors. Probably user input, but still get do better, dude. I think it yeah. That's the thing. It's like it it kind of lives in that gray zone. Hold on. How hard up were you to watch something that after the hour and a half you still gave it like a click to see if it was like really gonna be the run? Because I watched the trailer <laughs> and I was like <laughs> Dag, that good? I was like, Dag, damn it, where did that plane go? Oh my god. Okay. Four and a half hours. Now here's here's the thing. Why do I feel like at the end of this they won't know still? 
Oh, they don't know. And it will fade out and they'll be like, anything's possible. Okay. Now, the reason why I set it up the way I set it up, um, you learn very little material information <laughs> about MH370 because there's very little material information about <laughs> MH370. What there is an abundance of our conspiracies. Oh, yeah. That is what this is. So you need to know that up top, and that is what brought me in. It's like, okay, well, if we don't know shit, and we're just going to make up town, let's just go to fucking make it up town. <laughs> there are three episodes. The first episode is labeled The Pilot, Ooh. and it is building the hypothesis of if the pilot did it. Is that a double entendre? Thank you so much. <laughs> you got it. They had to put it in episode one. He had to do it. Episode two, the hijack. All right. There are, um, you know, theories that support that the plane could have been hijacked. The third is the intercept. Oh, pyramids. Where the plane was intercepted. Now, I'll go into all three of these a little bit. The first one <laughs> is the pilot. Okay. So. What what we know is this. The plane lost contact about halfway between Malaysia and Beijing in the middle of, I think, the Indian Ocean. Okay? Lost. Well, then there's there was some tracking technology on that plane. Uh, Imanset, Im I think that's what it's called. Doesn't matter. Egyptian king. Uh, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and, Dude, I'm building a conspiracy. Well, apparently that they were able to track that the plane then turned backwards and went back south. Like a barrel hmm. roll. And then flew over actual... Um, the reason it's signed again. I, no, this the, is good. The Keep details going. don't matter. <laughs> a lot of it has to do with what um, airspace they were in. Okay. So, and at some point, I don't know fucking how, but they ended up in a fucking Australian airspace in the middle of Malaysia. Uh -huh. I don't know what. Again, I, I'm not up to date with international <laughs> policy, especially related to to airline, um, you know, Flight airspace. Pass. Yes. They probably took a left turn at Albuquerque. It's <laughs> been a week there one night. So according to Imanset or whatever, the, the ancient Egyptian God, the plane turned around. So the first, obviously, if, you know, hey, if a wife dies, who are they going to go to? The husband. Yeah. If a plane crashes, who are you going to look for? The fucking pilot. So that's that's number one. Also, then you kind of they kind of go into the human interest side. Um, eventually, the pilot is one hundred percent cleared. Mm -hmm. um, he did not do it. That doesn't mean that they don't do a fucking um, reenactment of what they think that looked like, um, and also say some things about the pilot. It the news, the media did. Uh, they went after the pilot hard. And there were people there involved and actually knew that guy. And, and you know, that's what hurt them the most. It's like, this was, this was, like, they dug up shit about, like, he, they said Pilot had fetishes with twins. And, like, it was I mean, all this tawdry. Yeah, it's like, come on. 
Uh, it was all this tawdry bullshit. Also, hold on. I know very little about planes other than I'm terrified to step foot on them. But I do know that pilots play a very small role in where the plane is actually going. So do they think he like flipped it into manual? It's like, eh. of course they do. Why that? Yeah. Well, it's part of the theory. Okay. Yeah. Because well, that's backed up because he was a very skilled pilot. Hold on. Was he a Chinese dude? Are they like he's part of the communist? I, I, I'm not sure where he was. I, I believe he was Malaysian. Okay. I was um, like the ethnicity had to get called in there, and then I'm sure it gets a little murky. Because it, yeah, because it, uh, even though the, you know, it was a Malaysian airline flight flying out of Malaysia, but like I said, it was going to Beijing, nearly half the plane was Chinese. Mm -hmm. And that plays a big part in this as well. Can I tell you a little bit? Yeah, go ahead. So my mom was over here babysitting. And uh, whenever I come in the room, she's always got our, our little boy in her arms. And she, By the way, is she trying to teach him Spanish already? Yeah, all the time. Hell yeah. And Oksana's parents are trying to teach him Russian and Ukrainian, I think. So Damn. I just hope I, he'll understand. Where's English going to fit in? I know. <laughs> so here's the thing. I get down there. She's always watching some weird shit. Like, it's always interesting, but I'm like, interesting choice. She was watching this. And I'm like, what weird rabbit hole? Because, you know, my mom is a very good liberal. And after Jan 6, it's like conspiracy theories now have a way in. So there's all this like weird political theory coming up. And I, I got in there and they were talking about Chinese nationalists and where's the camera footage and what's a black box consist of. And I'm like, what the fuck are you watching? Yeah. And it was this. Yeah. So I, I've seen a little bit of how they construct this show. It is totally something I would watch. Like it's way out there. I believe one girl's argument started with, well, he didn't have any facts. So I'm like, what's holding me back? Okay. And then she starts. Yeah. <laughs> I recommend this. And again, we I'm seeing a lot of bullshit online regarding <laughs> this. And and for you infantile brained people, let me try to walk you through this. We don't know shit. Yeah. All right. I think they, they laid out in also the, they laid out the best possible path we could in terms of hey, here's some factual information that we have. And we're going to build off of that <laughs> and make something happen. They're like, that paper's blank. <laughs> They're like, yes. <laughs> because why not? Because. Uh, what we know, the plane never landed. There, there's yeah. a couple, there's a couple very, very interesting things here. And, and I do, I do encourage, uh, I would recommend watching this. I mean, I, 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 I so because of that, I won't say everything. Um, Can I ask you one thing? Yes. You got to spill the beans on the twin fetish. Are we There's talking not much there. Are we talking same gender twins or is it just like a facial thing? Like they got to look alike. I don't care about it. It didn't, it didn't, it, it's, it was more of like a, uh, um, a tabloid article that popped up. Oh, okay. About the twin thing. So they didn't have any information on how he found twins in his area. Correct. Or yeah. if he was ever successful. Believe me, I would love to know more about Can this. we get an hour and a half on that? I would, I'd be down. I'd watch that again before Pepsi, where's my jet? <laughs> Dude, it's better than that shit. Oh. It's not cutesy. It's like, and also, like, yeah, it is talking head. Yeah. But, but we meet some very interesting talking heads here, boys and girls. We meet an aviation journalist. Oh, fuck yeah. Don't ask me what. That guy? Who? All right, he comes across as just like a normal and 
legitimate guy. Mm-hmm. He's got some banana theories. <laughs> banana theories. He thinks that plane landed in Kazakhstan. Why? Watch the show. <laughs> that's all I'll say. It's it's crazy. Um, that is uh, that's the hijack scenario. Cool. Where he blames Russia. So um, that people are blaming Russia. Mm-hmm. People are blaming Malaysia. Mm-hmm. You know who else are people blaming? America. America. Hell yeah! But that's, I'm sure the other ones are like these are evil people. Do you know? Do you know who's blaming America? Who? A French woman. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good for her. I saw um, Slut in a Good Way, too. And, you know, Americans are just so against being liberated so as a female. The, the other part of this is very interesting is all the different factions, communities that are trying to figure this mystery out. And these, and these communities could not be more different. Yeah. And they could not hate each other more. <laughs> and again, that's, that's, that's the heart of this show. That's and that's why I think that this deserves, um, you know, people's attention. All right, last thing because there's a lot of there's a lot of nuance and human elements that go into something like this because this was an an event that affected the whole world because planes don't do that. Yeah, me not so much. <laughs> it didn't really affect me that. No, much. but it was like that shouldn't happen. I heard about it and I went, oh, that's scary. I already yeah. hate getting on a plane. Thank sure. you for giving me another reason not to. Yeah, but you're also very unempathetic about <laughs> the plight of others. Well, that's because my, you know, I have broad shoulders. They can only hug so many close people. And I just can't hug the whole world. You forcibly try. <laughs> I do. Um, I do have one question, though. Yeah. If you look up in the synopsis up here, was this movie a fucking, like, um, on the anniversary, as on March 8th? Like, did this come out on Netflix as, like, an anniversary bit? I guess so. That's fucking whack. I hate that oh, shit. Oh, I didn't even Yeah, do you, you see that? March 8th. Oh, it's like that, uh, that Murdoch murders thing or whatever. I think the documentary came out right after the trial ended or something like that. I haven't watched well, I it. I think there's multiple. Uh, there are, yeah. Oh. Yeah. It seems like people already had stuff locked and loaded for when the, uh, <laughs> the case ended. Good uh, choice of words there. <laughs> no, yeah. 100%. <laughs> Yeah, I, my family was trying to tell me about uh, that Murdoch, Murdoch stuff. I, I don't care about that. My mom was also watching that while baby's sitting downstairs. Uh, last thing I want to say is that there, there's another character in this thing um, that is uh, this guy, Blaine Gibson. Uh, he is, uh, he labels himself as an adventurer. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't, dude? This guy, there's something shady about that guy. Um, Oh, he's making a tour on this shit. Oh, yes. And that's his whole thing. Um, <laughs> a few a few plane parts have been found. In his house. Guess who found all of them? Him? Yeah. Him. Go oh, figure. wait, I think I remember this dude. Yeah, did he find something in the mountains that he thought was like part of the wreckage? I think I remember hearing him talk in about it. In the beach. On the, no, it wasn't him. Then. It was probably a different adventure. Yeah. <laughs> probably confusing him with Thomas Burke. Uh, but yeah, it's just, um, it, it, it opens up this world to very interesting characters. And um, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, this fool's been on the show, The Lost Flight, also about the plane. Mysteries of the Missing. And my favorite, Good Morning from Hell. Podcast series, apparently. Hell yeah. <laughs> 
So let's get him on the show. Or he'll bail like uh, <laughs> the last guest we were supposed to have on. Yeah, but I, I would expect it from this dude. Did you not expect it from the person that uh, ghosted us on Saturday? Uh, no, not really. I neither. I wouldn't have cleared my fucking day if I did. Very sad. I was, I'll tell you this, I'm kind of glad it happened because I was sad Randy wasn't there uh, for it either. Yeah. So let's not besmirch him in case we end up rebooking. That is also yeah, true because yeah. that's what I'm thinking. It's like, do we want to burn it or not? So, Fine. Burn notice, dude. You don't let me do anything fun anymore. <laughs> I mean, uh, I recommend this, man. MH370, the plane that disappeared. All right. Are you done? I'm done. All right. Damn. So it wasn't four and a half hours long. It was more like an hour and a half. I'd say closer to two and a half, three. Okay. Damn. That's doable. IMDb, stop fucking up. All right. Maybe maybe three and a half. Like I mentioned, I apologize in advance. I've been uh, busy crafting a film fest, which everybody should go to. Uh, 666. uh, We're flipping all the crosses upside down in the Bay Area to prepare for the grand event. That is the found footage. Coming of no, what it what is, it's the coming of ages or something? I don't know. I'm huh? gonna abandon this where I'm going. <laughs> I'm getting off the road. I'm vanishing like that plane that Clark was just talking about. But uh, yeah, we're coming out here, and um, I have a little bit of a update for y'all. As we had Dutch on, I believe last week, and he talked about going to the film fest that he gave the premiere to. And of course, I meant everything I said. I love him, and I think it really proves the kind of character he has that he gave it to a little hometown film fest. Uh, I was talking to him last night at one in the morning. I'm not very clear if that's actually midnight or one in the morning because the clocks got weird last night. Oh, again, we are recording. I should have timestamped this thing. It is March 13th. It is a Monday. And um, we were talking to him. And I was like, dude, what are you, why are you awake right now? Because he's like, hey, man, can't wait to see you. I'm really looking forward to watching the movie with you guys. And I'm like, why are you up? And he's like, oh, I just got in from the uh, flight from hell. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm thinking the plane, something happened. He's like, no, the film fest was a nightmare. Oh, and this no. is the film fest where, uh, you know, they had the whore in the high desert tour where I said, oh, no, did you go on the tour? He said, fuck, no, I didn't. Um, also, I don't know if he wants this out there, but I'm going to say to it ask. Anyway. <laughs> well, he basically <laughs> said that the uh, film fest was a shit show yeah. and they got mad at him there. Because the movie started playing while people were still seating. So he was just like, hey, can you wait for people to like get in the theater to start it? And then also he pointed out, also, you're showing the wrong movie. You're showing Horror in the High Desert 1. Oh, no. So I said, well, how did it play? He said, I don't know. I walked out. So he walked out oh, of his own movie. <laughs> so basically, he's, bummer, like, he's like, man. What a bummer. He's like, I should have just kept it with you guys. I can't wait to be out there. I'm looking forward to meeting everybody. So come out, meet Dutch, give him a hug. And I swear to God, if you fuck up his movie, <laughs> I told him, dude, I can't wait to watch it with you either and play it before people are seated. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that there's I just had to share that because last night at 1 a.m. I was so fucking tired, which Damn. was weird to me. I I dude, I started fucking revenge watching a movie. Do you guys, you two never do this. What are you talking about? When, when you have, um, now I know people listening out there, you're all hard workers, you're all creative people. And sometimes at the end of the day, you don't realize how late it is. And you're like, fuck man, I didn't get to do anything I wanted to do. 
So you kind of like revenge watch something. And this means you should be in bed and you know it. You're an adult. You I think a this is a very Russell Fisher thing. Oh, it, it but, is. Uh, continue. And uh, so I went, you know what? I don't give a fuck. And I turned on a movie and I saw the runtime, much like you, although IMDb wasn't lying to me and neither was Netflix. And I'm like, this movie's an hour and 45 minutes long. And I'm looking at the clock. I'm like, it's 1.15. I'm like, technically, it's only 12.15, right? And I'm like, I don't give a shit. I said, I'm going to watch Hubie <laughs> Halloween. <laughs> And I started watching this movie that had no business being any good. And 20 minutes in, I'm like, all right, I have to tap because it was I'm like, this looks like a good movie. So next week, I'll probably be talking about Netflix. Um, I don't think it's an original, but it's called Viking Wolf. I haven't seen the werewolf yet, but the cinematography and acting, everything else was great. And I'm like, I, I had to tap because of it. So, yeah, I don't know if you got Netflix and you're bored. Check that one out. Um. The one movie that I did watch that I made that I drove through a storm to collect three toppers that are slightly <laughs> different from each other. Oh boy. Uh, is Scream 6. And I have a lot to say about it. Hell so yeah. go ahead. I'll let y'all tap me out whenever I've, I've gone I'll too go far. Go for it. But you watched it too, right? I did, yeah. But I also never saw Scream 5. Okay, that's a little tough because yeah. I, I think the movie's pretty upfront about kind of being. Okay, here, let, let's, uh, let's approach this conversation by taking the labyrinth that is this franchise. Now, Halloween notoriously is the most confusing and dumb franchise of all <laughs> horror movies as what? One through six are one continuous thing, although it ends with like a cult worshiping Michael Myers. It's very confusing. But now Jamie Lee's got a statue. Well, and then, you know, is that real? She's got a statue where? Oh, in the movie. Okay. Oscar. She has an Oscar. Oh, okay. Idiot. Well, I in my head, I was imagining her. Somebody had erected a statue of her. No, I know. And then in 10 years when she's declared a racist, they're pulling it down. CTE. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, you know, it's a very confusing franchise. But also, Scream 5 kind of coined it, even though I think it had been said before, of uh, Requel. Yeah. Which is kind of like the spiritual sequel, but it's also a reboot. And uh, it's funny that you've entered in in Scream 6, which is technically the sequel to the requel within the singular yeah. franchise. Here's the thing. That all sounds like a bunch of jargon and dumb fucking shit. Mm -hmm. But they know it. Yeah. And they embrace it in this movie. And I, I'm, I'm glad you watched it because I think Scream 6 has the best opening of all the, the Scream movies. And Pretty I know solid. the first one with Drew Barrymore is iconic uh, for a number of reasons. They, they have the um, uh, psycho thing going where nobody thought Drew Barrymore would die immediately. And she's got that iconically terrible look, that, yeah. that un, unflattering sweater with the terrible hair. It's just, you know, it's perfect for iconic cinema. Yet in this one, they did something a little bit different. And they open up with what I think. Like I'm not going to get into it because I don't want to ruin this for anybody who hasn't seen it. I think I'm going to do that tomorrow night on Kush's show. <laughs> Potentially with Terrell, who I haven't told him is going to be on it. Sick. So I'll, you know, I'll share that with everybody listening now. But um, they open up with a, the opening kill, which is a trope of horror films, felt almost like a shot across the bow of A24 or kind of like highbrow cinema. It was well executed. It was paced unlike Scream films. And it had 
a new trope to the scream world that I fucking love, which I think the, this franchise is kind of for as much thought as I've given the, the scream movies, I've never thought of it in this way. And this movie really lampshaded it, but it's a franchise about loving film. And all of the movies are about watching movies too. And in this one, we open up with a uh, film professor waiting for like a equivalent to a Tinder date. And it spirals out and it goes in a different direction and it just keeps building on it until the movie starts. And that little vignette there is so good. Mm-hmm. It's got a bunch of film references in it from the way it's shot to the posters on the wall to just breaking the own tro- its own tropes of like um, scream. And then we make a 90 degree turn and we're right back into the Marvel universe. That is scream. We're deep in the tropes. We're back in Randy worship, not the Randy on this show, but the, the great Randy, who is the author insert character for all horror fans. Jamie yeah. Kennedy. Yeah. No. And it's funny. Somebody was talking to me about how they thought that Jamie character, Jamie Kennedy character, Randy was poorly written. And I'm like, you're totally right. He's a two dimensional character. Who's just a voice for yeah. dorks like me so that we could be like, Hey, I know that movie. Like, so you have somebody like in a movie where we're talking about movies, somebody should know something. This movie, they ratchet that shit up, though, and they start analyzing their own tropes. I don't know if that's a fair assessment, though. I mean, I get it. Yeah. But I mean, like, think about fucking Christopher Nolan's characters that he creates just for exposition dumps. Yeah. You wouldn't call that like an author insert. or I guess those are more utility characters. Yeah, like like, uh, Juno's role in uh, Inception. I, Her fucking purpose was exposition. That was it. And you're saying that's unlike Randy because she had... Uh, what I am saying is that Randy is... there. There's something... He's likable. To latch on He's to. affable. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Now, is that... Um, if Ellen Page died... I, I also, it, at the time, Ellen Page... <laughs> uh, oh, it, I completely forgot. Thank if you. Ellen Page's character died in Inception, I wouldn't give a shit. That's fair. Well, uh, also, nobody wanted Randy to die. If Inception, Randy was gonna die. If Inception made it up to part six, I don't know if we'd still be talking about her either. Where no, yeah, and you know, yeah, I I think both are true though, and I do think Randy, you know, although Jamie Kennedy comes across as very like affable, I do think he's not a very like. There's not a lot of depth to that character. He's kind of like always stuck in the I'm a movie fan. Because he's a teenager. Yeah, but the movies grew up. (laughs) And we have another round of them. And we teenagers have grown up. And we have an an ancestor to Randy in this movie who has completely taken over this role. And she is a little bit more interesting. She's ethnic and uh, and of the uh, the letter community. So that gives her a little bit more depth, I guess. But I don't know. she starts laying out all these rules like Randy from the original kind of contextualized incorrectly. I think a lot of rules of horror movies, like I don't think he actually addressed them properly, but in the new one where she's actually like paving the way for if you're one of the people that wants to guess along with who's the killer, she's kind of giving you the roadmap and she's also identifying new tropes in the genre I don't know. These movies are so interesting now. And at the same time, 
they're fucking uh, candy, kind of like Marvel is. Yeah. Except the candy here isn't like cameos or like who gets a cool one-liner or a callback to a comic because clearly there's no source material like that. The candy here is very gruesome and rated R. As now the the one the one thing that kind of irked me is that they don't want to kill their darlings in this movie, and people get fucking stabbed like <laughs> pin cushions, dude. There's a moment that I won't mention because it's uh I think it's like an iconic thing that happens, and it is so like my jaw dropped when I was watching it, and then you think somebody's just been murdered beyond death like their soul couldn't make it out of the body because it was getting stabbed too yeah and then they kind of pull through and you're just like oh my god like they even in the movie they talk about how in a sequel which this is the sequel to the requel everything is amped up but man they fucking randy you got it people were fucking stabbed all over and they kind of just roll with it yep it's ridiculous, but it's also kind of like you can't complain as a horror fan because, dude, they show close-ups of a knife going in and then Ghostface turning the blade. Like, it's a violent movie. Yeah. So you kind of are cheering, and when people are just getting that five times and then getting back up and surviving, you're like, well, what do I complain about here? Because, <laughs> I, you know what I like? It's, sure. a, it's a weird thing. Um. Yeah. Fuck. What do I want to talk about here? Um, well, first off, do you have any questions about the film, Clark? I'm not sure that you're going to watch it. Why? So, I don't know. Are you, ex- you watched five. I did. I um, enjoyed it. And I saw that last year. Are you going to watch it in the, uh, I need theater like, of your room? I needed like five years for watching another screen. <laughs> okay. I will tell you if you weren't on board for five, this, they are really living up to the sequel and everything is amped up. Why are we in New York? Oh, okay. That's my question. Um, why are we in New York? Well, one, um, a trope of the post-Scream slasher. I believe this is true with uh, I Know What You Did Last Summer, too. The sequel always took place at college. And in this movie, we're following a character to college. Um, what God, you know, I feel like I should know their names by now. Jenny Ortega, Tara. Tara's going to college. Are you spoiling shit right now by showing the... Uh... No. You, you, can, you can look at IMDb. Skeet's there, dude. He's in part five. I don't know if they build him in part five. I think that we were trying to figure The internet out. knew. Okay. They knew. Um, so, you know, you know, it's funny. Here we go. The internet knowing. Also, you can't tell if it's deep fake sometimes. Um, if there was, if there would be a spoiler here, it would be, uh, oh, is she not on here? Maybe I won't say it then. I'm glad I looked. Panettiere's there. She, where? I didn't see her. Oh, she, Hayden Panettiere. Yeah, she is. Okay. So that might've been the only one, but again, the internet knows, man. And, they work it into Scream. Now, I don't know if you would have picked it up, Randy, but... Uh, Probably not. Terrell's been in my ear about all of this, like, audience chatter, and they addressed all of it in this movie in kind of an interesting way. One thing, if you remember our review last time, was um, nobody liked Melissa Barrera. Yeah, she oh, played really? Sam. She was the lead. She yeah, was the yeah, one yeah. in Modesto. She had such a flat performance. Also, she was kind of embodying the final girl in a way nobody wanted. I thought she was fine. Not a fan. And honestly, Jenny Ortega took like the spotlight for everybody. And, and the internet was just like, fuck, make her the final girl. Like yeah, we want to root for her. her. And but this is before like Wednesday. Yeah, and sure. all of like her career has just been building sure. since mm-hmm. then. 
And Sam came back in this movie. And here's the thing. Now that you know people hate her, it might make sense that it's built into her character. So okay. in Scream yeah, 6, yeah. the internet hates her. But it's all in world because after the fallout of 5, the internet has, um, like the documentary you watched, conspiracy theories have come out and they're blaming her. So a lot of people online think she's the killer, which is kind of an interesting thing to do because Ghostface, you know, as a horror fan in the real world watching a franchise, it's a thing where it's like, oh, Ghostface, you know, people, different people embody the mask. But in the continuity of the film, that's also true. So the Internet weighing in and being like, oh, dude, it's her. Like they got it wrong. It's kind of an interesting angle. But the way they play it in the movie is that uh, Tara has gone to college like you would in a sequel. But Sam has tagged along. So now the final girl role is kind of even questionable. Like now you're like also if you're the final girl, are you bringing problems with you? And she shows up and she's kind of shadowing her. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> What's a bitch from Fresno doing in college Modesto. in New York City? Oh. In Modesto. Well, she moved to Modesto from uh, where the fuck is the the scream town i'm looking at randy i have no idea oh yeah. i'm gonna get i'm gonna get shit for that uh i'll just yada 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 away from it i don't know scholarship <laughs> i don't know why um the thing is new york is such a different environment like big city and then when you have a killer who could be anybody wearing a costume and you set it on halloween which has never been done dude this is a perfect and you know i hadn't realized it until this movie it's all fucking fan service. And I realized that's the thing with Marvel movies and the continuity things, the Easter eggs, yeah. people wearing costumes. We have a Babadook costume. The best, or did you have a favorite costume, Randy? That you Not really. I, I honestly missed the Babadook costume. Oh, did you catch the murder party costume? No, I don't oh, think damn. so. One of the main characters was wearing a cardboard knight. And it's like, dude, oh, nice. y'all. But this is the movie now. Or Dave made a maze. <laughs> it wasn't Dave made up. That would have been good if they had a Minotaur. But like the movie is all fan service. It loves its horror shit. But that vignette in the beginning is also a nod at we could we could do this if we wanted to. But that's not what these movies are. Um, the directors also did a uh, Ready or Not, right? Yeah, they yeah, did Ready or they Not. They have Samara weaving from Ready or Not in that beginning opening oh, too. Oh, you're right. The one you that know, looks like a fake-ass Margot Robbie. The working man's Dude, Margot They're both Robbie. very attractive, actually. I was just going to say that because when I was talking to Bill last night, Spataro, he was like, oh yeah, they got the fake-ass Margot Robbie yeah, in that movie. That's funny. But he liked it too. Which yeah, is, she's good. Yeah, she was I really good. like Ready or Not too. I would rewatch that again for sure. That is a good movie. I, I do have issues with the ending of that film. Same. But yeah, that's my only beef. Um, You mentioned Skeet Ulrich coming back. Skeet. They, I feel like that dark passenger bullshit borrowed from Dexter. Yeah. It actually goes somewhere here. Okay. And it makes Sam a, now that everybody hates her on the internet, having a tendency to maybe want to kill people makes her a way more interesting new territory kind of character for a final or yeah. Final girl, I guess. Um, again, I, I sense you yawning. I could go on for a while. but You didn't sense it. You saw it, you <laughs> smelt it, and you dealt it. You know, I chose sense because I didn't know if it was going to pick up on the mic and I didn't want to out I, you. I would like to know about uh, the performance of your girl, Gail Weathers. So I'm glad you bring that up. Thank you so much. Um, my opinion of Gail. <laughs> so going into this, 
much to the dismay of my close stream friend who, you know, honestly, when me and Terrell first started hanging out, we would get a lot of alcohol and I would get my VHS copy of Scream, which are three up there. And we would watch this movie. I don't know. We just would always put it on. It's so nostalgic for us. And it would always drive him crazy that I'm like, if any of the Scooby gang had to die, it's got to be Gail. Um, she won me over in this movie. And not because of anything they did. She didn't change. Her character is still there. Well, Dewey's she, dead and Sydney wasn't there. Well, that's now that's why the internet said there's no way she could die in this movie. Now, I won't say if she does or she doesn't, but they're like, if none of the other Scooby gang are there to bear witness, then it's going to be a hollow death. It's like a tree falling in the forest. Exactly. It's a, a, a reporter dying in New York. If her <laughs> friends aren't there, what's the point? Exactly. She's great in this movie because she is terrible. Now, not um, Courtney Cox acting, but the character is probably her most despicable. And it clicked for me. I said, I fucking get it now. I understand why the gay community loves her. I understand why if uh, a drag queen had a, a role they could play, it would be her. And it's because she's fucking Joan Rivers. She's a old, bitchy cunt, and she knows it, and she doesn't give a fuck. And in this movie... It's funny, after we left, we had made a friend out here at Daily City, and he was telling me, like, you know, everybody says she's a bad person. She's not a bad person. I'm like, you're wrong. She is a bad person. But I love her now because I understand it. When the shit hits the fan, she kind of drops her professional role, and she's there for her family. She'll, she'll, you know, take a bullet, and she'll get stabbed 42 times. Yeah. But when the movie's over... She doesn't give a fuck, and she's going to make a fortune off of all the misery that just happened. And it's happened every time there's a movie has stopped and started. And I finally, it just clicked for me. Um, in this movie, she's got her moment, and it's good. Uh, I think you'll enjoy it when you watch it. Mm. One last thing, though. On this show, I mentioned a trope. It was a writing trope that I wanted a, 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 the exception to the rule, if anybody had pointed out. And it was when in a heist movie, you can tell how the script is going to go based on if you hear the, the plan or if you don't. Because typically in a movie, if you're in on the plan, it's to inform you so when it goes wrong, you understand and you're there with the suspense. Mm -hmm. Where if you don't know the plan, it's because it's going to work and you're probably going to hear a VO and just watch it play out. Scream 6 broke that rule. And I thought it was interesting because it has to do with Randy worship. We're recreating the scene from Scream 2 where Randy was in a van. No, he wasn't. He was pulled into the van and killed where uh, we are doing surveillance from a van and we have bait out in a park trying to bait Ghostface. Hell yeah. We do it again. And thankfully, Randy's ancestral character points out that, you know, Randy died here last time. He was pulled in a van and murdered. Why are we doing this? And I thought it was interesting because they're relying on the audience's former knowledge of the franchise to understand what's going on. But at the same time, they didn't explain it. So as an audience member who, you know, I feel like the upper crust, clearly I'm on one of the best film podcast out there where I'm like, I'm an informed viewer and I know what you're doing. And I got there and I went, I don't know what you're doing. Like, I didn't know. I'm like, is this going to work or not? Good. Yeah. So there's some interesting writing in here. Uh, I have more if you want it. I, I know you're wearing sunglasses, but I, I still, I can feel your, your, <laughs> your gaze coming through them. 
Ghostface has an interesting personality in this movie. Okay. He's uh, very cocky. He's very forward. He's malicious. He also wields a gun at one point. Yeah. The imagery of Ghostface killing people in a convenience store with a shotgun is a terrifying idea. It's pretty cool. I'm, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to imagine this is a bodega situation. It's, it pre- it's all over the trailer. Fair enough. So you've probably seen this I don't moment. watch trailers, dude. Um, it is a little bit of a bait and switch. I live in a trip. The the movie doesn't take a like a, it's not a gritty departure from like slashers like that trailer might make you think it is. But uh the moment is great and it's one of now earlier you mentioned something not being rewatchable. I believe it was everything everywhere all at once. Correct. Um now the one little voice, the the devil on my shoulder in this movie. Ooh, when kept, down Georgia kept telling me. There are three long scenes that have um, a high level of suspense, but we don't do a lot cinematically in them. And I kept thinking, this is fantastic right now because I, I mean, to be clear, I was completely giddy. I was fully, uh, fully erect for this screening. <laughs> I was so excited. And um, I was completely in the moment, but in the back of my head, I'm like, I don't think this would hold up in a rewatch because once you know A to B, the journey there gets kind of boring unless something happens. And do you know what I'm talking about, Randy? There's like yeah, three yeah, yeah. moments like that that worked. I think so, yeah. But I kept thinking, this is really long. Yeah. One of them is in the trailer too. It's the subway moment. Sure. Which in the trailer, you get it. You're like, I understand this. In the movie, you get about 15 minutes of that. At least that's what it feels like, and there's not a lot there. So other than having, like, interesting eye candy or playing off the paranoia of being around a lot of people, it doesn't really do much. Yeah, but you've been in subways many times in movies. Yeah. You know the layout, now it's screen. <laughs> that's face. You know, to, to borrow from Scary Thoughts, when you put it that way, the lack of film like not being shot on film yeah it really does rob that like hen and lauder grittiness out of new york and it does kind of feel like we're doing the premium mediocrity thing but the movie's got so much money in it oh also randy did there's one bit that's, mm-hmm. I, i'm calling it a bit because it's kind of ridiculous one way that they evade Ghostface in this movie okay D- did that not feel like it was a final destination moment yeah, I I think I'm kind of forgetting, but I, I do. It remember. involves a ladder. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jacob, dude, it just felt like what are we doing here? Like it felt like the camera is going to start zooming in on a ladder, and bolts were going to be popping out, and yeah. like you know, bricks were going to be. Ch- Clark, it's ridiculous. <laughs> if there's one thing in this movie that you may hate or love, it's going to be that moment. I don't love ladders. Also, a girl had been eviscerated by Ghostface. I believe he literally put a knife above her pelvis and pulled it up her her stomach. And then she's crawling on her stomach. And I kept waiting for, like, organs to be falling out. Yeah. But uh, she gets it. In, and now I'm getting into spoiler territory. It's good. Okay. <laughs> Do you want more? No. Are you sure? What uh? Where do you put this? And uh, have you have you placed it in its rightful place Ooh. in the canon of Scream? I don't know, man. I really, I can't tell. The problem with being like for me, this franchise starts deep in nostalgia of me watching a movie over and over on a black box cable. Sure. 
So it's like a special movie to from, me already. From MH370, right? Exactly. Yeah. Although I believe the part I heard was that the black box has not been recovered and may have not existed. Were they saying that? Like, there's no radio information from this thing, and normally you would. Or I'll be honest, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. I mean, the details are... Because it doesn't know. matter, because the Russians and the Americans did it. Exactly. So <laughs> At I the don't, same time. Off, off the fucking top of my head, I would probably... Ooh, this is going to be high. You know what? I think I might put this at like second or third out Ooh, of the whole franchise. Damn. I really like there's some there's some, like a more uh five? Oh, definitely. I really liked five too. I liked five. I think I liked five over four. So okay, before Scream I Six, like I think I went uh do I go from worst to best or best to worst? Probably best to worst. Um yeah. I think I went Oh fuck, did I put five number two? I think I might have. I think I went one, five, four, two, three. And I think now I would probably go one, six, five, four, two, three. Damn. Although, you know what? Now that six is out, I think five is, it kind of tarnished five for me a little bit because it's not as exciting. Yeah. You like new shiny things. I do. Uh, recency biased is real. Yeah. I, I admit it. But um, the character progression, because, you know, when you're thinking about a franchise, it's where were the people in this moment. Which is, I really like to, but I like the meta narrative of four, five, six more. Yeah. Um, so now, now having talked through it, I'm going to go, this is it, definitive. Here we go. I'm going to go one, six, four, two, five, three. I've got a big shaft, brother. It dropped a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but nothing, nothing. Oh, also, I, oh God, I want to talk about one thing. The movie really is a love letter to film. And the third act is like they couldn't like beat you over the head with it more. Yeah. And they even take a look at their whole franchise in retrospect. So being like a, a weird fan from the very beginning, this movie was kind of, I don't know what they're going to do next, but they're filming it already. So hmm. now Randy, if I'm going to give you three choices of uh, <laughs> sure. what your favorite uh, love letter to film would be, <laughs> would it be scream six? <laughs> would it be Quentin Tarantino's? Um, once upon a time in Hollywood Hollywood, or empire of light from Sam Mendes. Now, hold on. Keep in mind, Uh Theo Vaughn walked out of once upon a time in Hollywood. Sure. And apparently him and Tarantino uh, don't like each other. I saw that. (laughs) I haven't seen uh, empire of light yet. Uh, I haven't heard many great things, but uh, yeah, it's definitely going to be once upon a time in Hollywood. Okay. I can turn your mic off now. This is true. But since we brought it up, there is a, uh, another clip of Bill Burr talking to Theo Vaughn about walking out. It's really? worth it. Watch huh. it. It's just Theo Vaughn's reasoning. <laughs> it's some like, I don't know. It's just good. I don't yeah. want to ruin it. Well, Burr's just doing his thing, calling people on their bullshit. Yeah. You know, Burr, uh, he reminds me of my uncle in like uh, the way he looks and acts. Yeah. And I don't know if that endears me to him or makes me dislike him in yep. a way that makes me like him. Yep. It's really weird. It's completely fair, though. Yeah, he's kind of, yeah. Yeah, I like him. Yeah. Well, I think that's why, you know, that's the charm of him is that, you know, he, he dips into that. And, uh, you know, F is for family. People fucking love that show. Yeah. Because he dipped into that. You know, he knows how to, uh, you know, hit the core of America because he is America. Bill yeah. Burr. Uh, season two of Tulsa King coming shortly. 
What did you drop? Your phone? No, I just went like that. Oh, okay. Um, lastly, if you're still hanging out here, they do put to rest the stew controversy online. Um, mm-hmm. This isn't a spoiler. I've been thinking about it the whole time, so I can bring it up now. One of the main things, the big rift in the Scream fandom, is half the people, which I am included in, would like to see Stu come back. Remember, he is the killer from part one who had the TV dropped on his face. Yeah. As a juvenile delinquent, I've broken many a tube TV. They are incredibly hard to break. Yeah. I've Yes, they are, I think I've talked about it on this show before. He took one to the face and it shattered the screen. <laughs> this is just a bridge too far. I cannot believe it. So I would like to see him return. However, in the new film, I believe they've put that to rest as they uh, end somebody else with the TV. And, and they say, they have a good little one-liner there that, I mean, this movie, it's so meta, they're talking to the audience now. And with Kirby returning, Hay- Hayden Pantier, she had the whole fucking problem with Heroes, where the writing room was looking at the internet going, fuck, they know what the, how the oh, episode's yeah. gonna end. Yeah. So they tried to change it, and it ruined the show. Heroes. So there's some more meta bullshit for I you. Never I watched the shit out of that show. Did, did you? you? I did, yeah. I don't, I don't I know why that cut I me completely off. I think I had the series on DVD for a minute. Hell yeah. Oh my God. Like, I also didn't on. realize that she was in this movie and I didn't realize that was her until I saw the credits. Really? She, yeah. That wig, dude. That wig was rough. Also, I, yeah, I mean, I don't think I've seen her in anything really since. Well, she's been trying to save dolphins. From- have, have you seen Scream 4? No. In Scream 4, she was a, an attempt at the Randy character. Okay. I, I highly recommend looking up. She has an iconic moment where she gets a phone call. Also, the phone stuff, great. I won't talk about that here. But she gets a phone call from Ghostface, and he asked her a question. And because she's a, like, she's firing from the hip, but she's so good that she just mm-hmm. rattles off 20 different titles. Hmm. And it's, it's just one of those moments that people loved. So she kind of went away. It wasn't clear if she died or not. I believe it was clear that she didn't. And people were like, why doesn't she come back? So yeah. that was another fan service thing. Which yeah. I was very happy. About. Yeah. I think I missed a lot of the things that people that are going to enjoy scream six. <laughs> uh, I, I think I enjoyed like the first half of the movie more than the second half because okay. it gets really like into the lore and like fan service and stuff. And I just didn't know what was happening. Yeah. I mean, you don't, I've heard a lot from, uh, you know, Terrell and yourself talking about the scream dude. <laughs> uh, stuff, but you know, I didn't really know a whole lot of some of the stuff that they were like referencing and like mm-hmm. kind of like sort of pick up like what they're saying, but I started to tune out like in the later half. Totally get it. Cause you get fucking waist deep in it yeah. by the end. Um, yeah. I mean, that's what happens when you enter the sequel to a requel, dude, you gotta be yeah. ready. I've been saying that for years. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Randy, what you? How many stars? Uh, I I gave it a three, but like I said, it's the Ooh. my only issues with it are like me centric because I am hopping in on number six after only seeing one. Sure, well, sure, sure. As a fan of film, do you get? Does it make sense to you that that movie's kind of embracing its like love of movies? Yeah, yeah, it's really weird. I um, it never occurred to me either until that movie because it's they kind of hit you on the head with it. Yeah. Also, there is a um. Up in front, non-ironic, or was it ironic, a uh, poster for a podcast. Did you see uh, that? I did see that, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, is that 
Red Scare. <laughs> <laughs> that would have worked, but it wouldn't have worked as well as uh, last podcast on the left. Yeah, of course. Where I couldn't tell if these dudes were kind of being the tropey dorks that horror fans can be, or if that was like a genuine nod to like what people think is good podcasting. I'm sure whatever it is, it's centered around money. <laughs> I like, Dude. I like one of those dudes. He's in a uh, movie with Jason Manzoukas called The Long Dumb Road. Oh, okay. I, I, I don't know the, the actor's name, but uh, he's good. He's funny. You're not talking about Zembrowski. Uh, I don't know. Like I said, I don't, I don't know the guy's name. The he's redheaded a, guy. Your pretty face is going to hell. No, no, no. He's a uh, oh, yeah, Tony no. Revolori. Yeah, I know that guy. Yeah, he's good. Tony Revolori. Hey. The fucking last house on the left over <laughs> What the fuck? All right. Uh, that's it. We did it. This episode. Randy. Hell yeah. Welcome to California. Thanks. Uh, probably won't see you on Thursday. So we'll see you next week. Randy, send our listeners home. Yeah, that's it. Happy to uh, be in California. Do a uh, IRL podcast. And if anyone is in the Boise, Idaho area, check me out. Watching uh, bands and stuff at a Tree Fort Music Festival. I think I'm also going to go see uh, the the podcast High and Mighty uh, with John Gabris at Tree Fort Music Festival. Oh. He's playing this year, so so I go. Yeah, if you're there, buy him a beer. I want a podcast yeah. from a tree. What? <laughs> In the show. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of The Overlook Hour. And if you would like to hear more, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your podcatcher of choice is. And while you're there, go ahead and give us a rating and or a review, which is a very easy way for you to support this show uh, that we bring to you every week for years now, free of charge. And as always, you can find us on YouTube at The Overlook Theater, Instagram at The Overlook Theater, Facebook at The Overlook Hour, and Twitter at The Overlook Hour. Last but not least, you can send us your emails and tell us how much you like or dislike the show at overlookhour at gmail.com. And if you're nice, maybe we'll uh, read them on the show. I've been your engineer, Randy Stat. Please join me along with Clark, Russell, and Oksana again next time. Bye. <laughs>